So as we formally open the retreat, I want to once again uh, welcome all of you and really to uh, hope that you feel welcome. It was one of the radical things that the Buddha did uh, besides waking up He also extended the promise uh, of awakening to all people. So he uh, showed up on the planet at a time when the uh, world that he was living in was very um, stratified. It was a very strong caste system, class system. And he opened his teachings to everyone which was uh, not the norm at the time. And uh, if we think kind of as a metaphor or archetypally that this is an invitation to um, whoever you are, whatever gender or shape or color or political or sexual orientation you may have, you too are welcome. It's a wide net that's cast, and the invitation is um, for all human beings to be welcomed into the path and practice. I also want to encourage all of us to welcome all parts of ourselves. (laughs) I just had an opportunity recently to teach a kind of retreat workshop at Tassajara, which is a Zen monastery where I trained over 20 years ago now. And I had this memory when I first arrived there as a young, kind of wide-eyed, bright-eyed student. And I remember the first days, maybe first weeks of being there, and I just, I was so disappointed in myself because I thought, well, here I am, I'm at the monastery now, finally. You know, my yakky mind and all my complaining and my preferences and my aches and pains, and I thought all that was supposed to go away now that I'm here. So this welcoming is actually to extend a welcome to the parts of you that are resistant, and the parts of you that are feeling, perhaps as I did, as Andrea was inviting us to relax, feeling the parts that didn't want to, <laughs> right? Feeling all those energies that perhaps are carried here from our, the busyness of our lives. And in particular to invite what are often the cast-off parts of ourselves, the parts that we don't have time for because we're moving too fast and really to extend an attitude of welcome um, from us to you um, and for, uh, from each of you to yourself and to, as I said, all the different parts of your self. This is um, a really wonderful and unique kind of journey that we are entering into. Some of you actually sounded like quite a few of you for the first time 
So special, warm welcome to those of you who are sitting your first retreat. And for those who've done this a few times or perhaps many, many times, uh, the invitation is to, to begin again, to start fresh with a beginner's mind. And to enter, really, it's like a, a journey that we are taking, but instead of going out to foreign lands to see different, I don't know what, landscapes and museums and cultures and languages, we're taking a journey in. And likewise, we're going to discover all kinds of things that we may not have been aware of before. And we may discover that we need to speak a different language with ourselves, that we need to listen very carefully and kindly to be able to hear some of the internal voices that may or may not speak in English, right? <laughs> that uh, may have something to say while you're here. And we, um, in particular, are, are focusing in the course of the next number of days on this, I think of it as the theme of wholeness, of really inviting our whole self to this journey. Um, and inviting and integrating. And in particular, we'll be focusing on um, uh, each of the days that we go on um, one of the three main centers. You think of them as centers of intelligence that we all share as human beings. Uh, the head center, the thinking center, the heart center, the feeling center, and the body or belly center, which is our sensing center. And you might consider that each of these have their own kind of wisdom, their own kind of intelligence, their own voice, their own language that we can learn to pay attention, to listen to, to receive the wisdom from. There's a beautiful poem by a, a Japanese uh, woman, Izumi Shikibu, who said, Watching the moon at midnight, solitary, mid-sky. The moon in, in Japanese poetry is a metaphor for enlightenment. Watching the moon at midnight, solitary, mid-sky. I knew myself completely. No part left out. So this is the invitation to wholeness, to not leave any part out. And um, the path for doing that, the practice that we engage, which was offered to all of us and all parts of us um, by the Buddha, is this path of uh, mindfulness. Mindfulness, as many of you know, is an English translation of the Pali word sati. And I thought I would share with you, because it's a little bit entertaining and also a little bit interesting, that there are some different uh, roots of the word sati that help us understand a little bit what it means. So at some point, if you're wondering, what am I doing here? You maybe can call on these definitions to help clarify for you. So the first, and in some ways, the most fundamental definition of the word sati comes from anupasati. And it literally means to repeatedly see to repeatedly see. And uh, this is a great one to remember when you're having that same thought, you know, 
go over and over and over, or the same feeling, or the same sensation. It means literally to look again, to look again, to be willing to stay with and look with fresh eyes to receive your experience with, again, a kind of beginner's mind, an openness, a kindness, to see what it wants to say. It's interesting that I think the, um, the word uh, respect is uh, akin to what I'm speaking to here. So a re in any English word means again. So to repeatedly see is to look again. And the word respect is again, and spect is like spectacles, like my glasses. So it, it means literally to see again. This gives us a flavor of what it means to look again is to treat each experience, to treat each moment as it arises with respect. It means our willingness to look again, to not assume we already know what's here, but to, willing, to be willing to discover fresh and new. There's a second definition of uh, sati that comes from the word um, apadama. This is my personal favorite version, uh, you know, translation of the word. And it literally means the absence of madness. (laughs) So this may be a really useful definition to call on at some point in the retreat and our journey together or at some other point in your life, that mindfulness is something that can help us uh, come home from an absence of madness. I I recently gave a, a short presentation to a group of California State Education muckety-mucks. And um, it was on mindfulness and leadership. And I told them the story that I read from uh, the wonderful group called Mindful Schools. So teachers who are people, meditation teachers who are going into um, schools and teaching mindfulness skills to kids. And the story is from a fifth grader in an inner city school in uh, the Bay Area who was kind of a problem kid, you know, he was one of those kids who was getting in trouble a lot. And so he went through this, it was like an eight-week series of mindfulness classes, and at the end somebody asked him, you know, to uh, describe, well, what is mindfulness? And he thought about it for a little bit, and he said, mindfulness is <laughs> not hitting the other guy in the mouth. This is called an absence of madness, right? Our ability to not just go with our impulse, but to be able to um, pause. And uh, it's not a small thing, right? So we can laugh when we hear it from a, a fifth grader, but of course we all have our version of hitting the other guy in the mouth. Sometimes we're hitting ourselves rather than somebody else. But this is part of mindfulness, which is to remember that as we begin to repeatedly see, to look respectfully, that we want to look with a quality of patience, of kindness, to receive our experience with a warm heart. And the last definition is uh, from the word sarati. And sarati means, literally, it's translated to mean to remember. And it's often described that the part of the practice of mindfulness is remembering to do it. 
<laughs> because our habit, as Andrea was saying, will take us, our mind stream will take us in very quickly into the future, into the past, into the future, into the past. And so to remember, oh yeah, now, right? What are we remembering? And traditionally, it's understood that what people were remembering were the teachings of the Buddha because it was an oral tradition. And so part of remembering literally meant to reflect on and remember the teachings. But for our purposes, particularly on this inward journey that we're on, remembering means now. Now. That's what you're remembering. There's not some particular thing that you're trying to remember, but this moment, oh, this moment, this moment, like that. It's convenient that um, the English word remember so re again means again. To remember literally means members like the pieces or parts. And so to remember means to put the pieces back together again. To re, to make whole. And this again is going to be the sort of thread that we'll weave through the course of the next number of days is what does it mean for us to be whole, to be uh, fully human, to allow ourselves to be present with all the parts of our head, our heart, our body, and to find that even though we're going to talk about these three distinct parts, that they really are all of one piece. And the more and more that we allow ourselves to fully embody, fully inhabit, fully embrace uh, all aspects of ourselves with no part left out, the more and more we uh, find our way. We find our way home to ourselves, to the moment, and to be able to um, engage in the world uh, in a way that is uh, present, that we're able to be here now, that we have are able to engage with an absence of madness, <laughs> with a kind of kindness, of patience with our experience, and that we can engage from a place of wholeness, of acceptance, of integration of the various parts. I'll just close by saying that, um, you know, the Buddha spoke about uh, suffering and the end of suffering, and that this is a path uh, for finding our way to a kind of freedom and peace. And uh, one of the most, uh, the deepest kinds of suffering that the Buddha spoke about was not so much, you know, the physical pain in the body, which can be significant, or the emotional pain or mental pain that we may have, but what he described as um, a kind of felt sense of separation. So there is a kind of wholeness that can begin to happen for us as we open, allow, receive, listen to these parts of ourselves. But as that begins to happen, we can also have the experience of feeling less separate, less separate from ourselves, less disconnected, but also less separate from each other and from the world. And that this kind of knowing ourselves as all of one piece uh, is uh, a potential, a kind of healing that is uh, offered to uh, each of us. So we walk the path, we sit the path, as it were, <laughs> uh, 
individually. Each of us has to do it ourselves. And at the same time, we sit uh, together in community as one whole. So with that initial description of the theme for the next number of days that we'll be journeying together, I'll hand over to Andrea who will do some of the more traditional ritual for opening the retreat. Mm 